All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Badgers on the uh, what do we call this a Tuesday? I don't think this is a normal day. It's I mean, not a day of the week. It's just who knows, Asher. The past 72 hours have been absolutely insane. Listen, you might be listening to this on the Locked On Big Ten podcast feed. You might be listening to this on the Locked On Badgers podcast feed. This is the Locked On Podcast Network coming together to talk about the huge breaking news out of the Big Ten. Of course, the Big Ten has announced just about 27 minutes ago, Asher, on Tuesday, August 11th, as we are recording, that they are postponing the fall sports season. Of course, that includes college football. So this is an instant reaction podcast, completely unfiltered, off the cuff. Asher and I haven't even really spoken to share our thoughts with each other, let alone with you, our listening audience. So let's just let it roll, Asher. What are your first thoughts, man? I mean, this has been an unbelievable 72 hours that we've been following all these updates, and now we get the fateful and devastating news that we will not see college football for the Big Ten this fall. I'm really, really sad. And I'm not just sad for Big Ten football. I'm sad for Big Ten sports in the fall. I'm sad for every single athlete that plays a Big Ten fall sport. In fact, I'm sad for every single athlete that plays a Big Ten spring sport because I think this also bodes very badly for them. I'm just sad for the athletes. That's probably my first reaction. I'm sad for the media coverage. I, you know, I, I, there's nothing more selfishly that I want to do than go to a game and cover it. I, I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. It's why I do this all the time every day. It's why I do a podcast. It's why I write. It's why I have such a passion for sports because I love it. And I'm really sad just on a selfish level. I'm just sad that, that media can't as a whole go and cover games as well. Uh, I'm also sad for the students at at Wisconsin, at every Big Ten school that won't be able to experience the college experience that is sports that brings that community together that really helped me in my college experience at the beginning, made, made friends for me in college at the beginning. That first game day is like this huge coming together welcome party as a student. And I always try to give the student perspective, Ben. So yeah. I'm really thinking about this like a student, having been someone that literally just graduated a few months ago from Wisconsin. So I think it's huge for the students that don't play football. Obviously, it's bigger for the students that do play football. But the community aspect for Madison, Wisconsin as a whole, uh, really loses out when there's no sports to be played because it brings that community together. I called it like a, I, I, I used this, this term when I first got there because it's so different growing up in Los Angeles where I, where I grew up and going to Madison, Wisconsin. It's so different, the football culture there, because in LA with UC, I grew up a UCLA fan, Ben. The stadium is 45 minutes from the freaking campus. Yeah. It's the Rose Bowl. It's not a UCLA stadium. It's just, it's the Rose Bowl. There, there's no community atmosphere. Westwood is a, it's not a football town. There's no football there. You play it an hour away. Like, what? Okay, I get to Madison, Wisconsin. Every game day, Ben, feels like a national holiday. That's the way I put it. It feels like a national holiday. Everyone's wearing red. Everyone's happy. Everyone's energized. Everyone's hopeful. Football has this hope aspect that we so desperately need right now. Sports, forget football. Sports has this hope aspect where you always feel like you're in it, even when you're probably not. Like, like you never feel like you're out of it. And today, we feel like we're done. We feel like we're out of it. And that's hard to stomach. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you kind of echo the same thoughts that I have. Because on this roller coaster that has been the past 72 hours, pretty much since waking up Saturday morning to see the cancellation of the MAC conference, followed with rumors that the Big Ten was having an immediate president's athletic director meeting, whatever it was, where a vote was ominous. That didn't happen. Then Sunday night, the same thing. Monday morning, more reports nationally from the Dan Patrick show that a vote had already happened, but no official word had come out yet. It has been an absolute wild ride that seemed like at the end of every day we were going to lose college football. And Asher, my big thing right now is this. 
We can yell about the past. We can yell about the fact that we are sitting here as a country in the early parts of August having the same discussions we were having back in March and how we failed as a country. Just look at the numbers, folks, that we're still having to deal with this coronavirus pandemic that we have not got under control. We can yell about the lack of leadership from the Big Ten at times, from the athletic directors, from the Power Five conferences in general, frankly, from the NCAA on a whole never level than the other things I just mentioned. We can get mad and argue about the potential of a spring football season, what that would entail, what health and safety protocols will go into place that makes it any different from right now. But at the end of the day, as we sit here at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.30 p.m. Pacific, 2.30 p.m. Central, and 1.30 p.m. Mountain Give me time. all the time zones, Ben. Every We're running through zone. all the time zones in America because college what football. What time is in Europe right now, Ben? 3.31 p.m. Eastern, Asher. As we sit here and as we discuss this, my overall sentiment is just sadness because the decision has been made. We can argue if it was the right call. We can argue if we feel differently that that was not the right call in this moment, and we disagree with what the Big Ten presidents ended up doing. But the decision is final. The decision has been made, and I'm just very, very sad. And that's how I'm going to feel for the next couple of days as we start to grasp the fact that we will not have college football this fall, which from a fan perspective, like you mentioned, is my favorite thing to do on Saturdays with my friends, have a couple of libations, and watch some incredible Big Ten football and college football throughout the country. We'll see what happens with the other Power Five conferences. I'm sure we'll touch on that in just a little bit. But as we deal with those ramifications and the ripple effects that will fall out, Frankly, I don't know exactly what this podcast is going to be. I have no idea. It is called the Locked On Big Ten Show. And with zero fall Big Ten sports, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. So my sadness stems from that as well professionally. And at the end of the day, like you mentioned, for these kids that go out there and work their tails off and have had to work their tails off with so much uncertainty and not a lot of crystal clear answers during this crazy summer, Listen, I mean, I feel sad for them as well. Overall, it's just sadness. Will it move to mad? Maybe. I think I'll go through the five stages of grief pretty quick, quickly over this next week. But right now, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just sad. I really am. I'm just sad. Yeah, I tweeted out yesterday. And like you said, Ben, I'm not going to talk about the past on this episode right now. I'm not going to talk about politics. I, if you want to know what I think about that, go look at my Twitter. It'll take you about five seconds to figure that out. Uh, that's not what this is about for me right now in this episode. I'm, I'm just sad. It's, it's very raw emotions. And I tweeted out yesterday that isn't it amazing how all this is happening in a 24-hour mad scramble Yeah. when we had about five months to talk this out. And yes, the virus has changed. Like We, we know more than we did five months ago about the virus. Um, but why didn't we prepare for the worst? I guess my only looking to the past is why didn't we prepare for the worst and just kind of hope for the best? Like, like Why weren't right. we prepared for a terrible, terrible virus, virus situation, which we have right now, why weren't we prepared for it not to go away and for it to actually get worse than it was four or five months ago? And why didn't we prepare for that instead of just kind of what I felt like was hoping and praying and wishing and all this. And then from, from once again, from the college student perspective, there's a lot that rubs me the wrong way about this and a lot that people should be questioning uh, from the university perspective. Forget football, sports. From the university is a business perspective, a cutthroat business. Here's one thing that bothers me. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can't say to student athletes right now, you're safe to go sit in an in-person class, which Wisconsin right now is about 80% online from what I hear from my friends who are signing up for classes right now. They call it hybrid. I think that's a BS nickname, which I'll get to in a sec. They call it a hybrid system. Really, it's about 80, 85% online right now. So it's mostly online, but there are still students, most students who have at least one. Uh, my girlfriend, for example, who goes to Indiana University has one class that is in person. Mm-hmm. So most students right now actually do have, in, in the Big Ten, I'm talking about the Big Ten specifically, have at least one class that is an in-person class. You cannot say to students, it is horrendously unsafe for you to go play football, but it is perfectly fine for you to go sit in a class with students who you have no idea how they're acting, you don't know what they're doing with their off time, you're inside, you're enclosed for long periods of time. It's literally exactly what the CDC says about virus transmission, inside, long period of time, and close proximity. That's what, that's what, they, say. That, that's what they say in terms of how does this actually spread the most. And the classroom situation is the perfect example of that. So you can't say to students, you can go sit in a classroom safely, but you can't play football safely. Now, what I say to that is the reason that Big Ten universities are still calling it a hybrid is because of this little old thing that runs our country, Ben, called money. The hybrid system is a BS name because universities want your tuition money. Yep. And if it were to go online five months ago, and students have already pulled out. My, my friend Ben Kenny, who comes on the Lockdown Badgers podcast all the time, writes for Badgers Wire with me at USA Today. Has been great on this example. show. He would be a senior, Ben. Great, a great example. And he's decided to pull out. Not all students are making that decision. Most are not. But if it had gone online five months ago, a lot more students would be making that decision. And with a school like Wisconsin, where you have a great name brand, a great university, but also a place where you can take a year off and then just kind of come back or or, or take a year off and take a bunch of those credits at a community college in Madison. We, we have a great one, MTCC. You can take it there, general ed, then go back to Madison later and pay less money. There is a problem there if you were to put it all online for a lot of students leaving and not coming back to school this year and paying you tuition money. So there has to be this seed in students' minds that, oh, maybe it'll be kind of normal. It's hybrid. Sounds like a pretty cool name. Uh, when in reality, it's going to turn into all online very soon. And I think very soon after the year starts, it will turn into all online classes. And there's a reason Harvard and Princeton are, are already all online. It's because you know who doesn't really leave Harvard and Princeton? Basically anybody. Like, like when you get to Harvard and Princeton, you stay at Harvard and Princeton. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to say. You trust the school. You trust they're going to have a plan. You trust they're going to give you the best education, even in this situation, just because of that name brand. No Big Ten school. I mean, Northwestern, I guess, is kind of close. But no Big Ten school has a Harvard-Princeton name brand academically. That's my rant. That's the reason it's hybrid right now. And I think you can't have it both ways. You cannot say to students, go sit in an in-person class, but you can't uh, practice. You can't go to the weight room. You can't go to the educational or recreational, not educational, recreational facilities on campus, and you can't play football games. You can't have it both ways. I think it should be, it has to be neither now, because if the Big Ten cancels football, it has to be completely online before we start. I mean, I'll touch on both those points here in just a moment. But before Asher, listen. We're very excited here at the Locked On Podcast Network, aside from the fact that we don't have a lot of sports, because Built Bar is back, baby. Let's Built go. Built Bar is back. They are restocked, and they are reloaded. As you guys know, we love Built Bar here on the Locked On Big Ten Show. I know Asher is a huge fan at Locked On Badgers. Asher, what's your favorite flavor of Built Bar? I have two. My two favorite flavors I'll get to in a second, but what are your two? The chocolate they sent us uh, yeah. was, was dank, yeah. and I love chocolate protein bars. 
There's also this banana. Is it banana cream? Is that what it is? Banana nut bread is one of my top banana two favorite bread. flavors. There yeah. it is. That is my that is my top flavor of Built Bar. Banana nut bread. Any banana, anything I love. And that literally, they say it tastes like a candy bar. That one actually to me tastes like banana bread. Oh, like, it, like, it's like homemade banana bread. That is incredible. Banana nut bread and the mint brownie flavor are my two favorite flavors. And as you guys know, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar coated in 100% chocolate. They are incredibly easy to chew. They are satisfying, not just after your workouts, but if you want to have a little treat to end your day, and boy, do we need some treats to end our days now and have a I little dessert with Bill Park. I mean, we need one big time. And listen, they're also great from a nutritional perspective. They're perfect for the person looking to lose or maintain weight. This is all coming from the top. I just love Built Bar that much. That's how much I know it. Their flavor profiles are fantastic. They're low in calories, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber. The nutrients are great. The taste is great. There is no better than Built Bar. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now. We don't know what the promo code is. We hope to get it to you. If it's locked on, maybe it's locked on. But Built Bar is back. They are reloaded. They are restocked. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. So now, Asher, back to our instant reaction episode. You finished with the idea that what colleges are doing right now in terms of just an instruction standpoint for regular students is they are trying to still get their tuition money because they need to pay the bills as well. That is something that college football coaches across the country on Monday, pretty much an open rebellion against their school presidents and against their athletic directors and conference commissioners reflected. Scott Frost from Nebraska said pretty much the same thing. Our kids are safer in the football facility when we know where they are than putting them just on the regular bit of campus. Agree or disagree with it, he does have a little bit of value there in terms of if they can control their nucleus, at least just knowing where they are going and providing them some motivation as opposed to just being a regular student and not being monitored. They're going to get better health care. They're going to get tested two times a week. They will have a better picture than just having them on campus in general. And as Nick Saban said from Alabama, pretty much the overall point here being, though, how can you say that this is just a college football pro problem? It is really a college education problem. Because if you are allowing students to come back onto campus, you are saying it is safe enough to play college football. There is no difference from just playing football than having the kids on campus in general. Barry Alvarez, the AD of Wisconsin, in his statement he just released, would maybe argue that because of some of the uncertainties surrounding all this medical advice we don't necessarily know as of right now in the physical exertion of playing a demanding physical sport like football, we obviously delayed the tackling and the acclimatization period. So we don't exactly know the physical effects. And I think that's some of the uncertainty that has to do it. But Asher, here's my biggest thing as well. We are talking right now in the near and present, right, about the health and safety protocols dealing with this global pandemic that is COVID-19. And that is a lot of the reasoning of what the Big Ten will say. Obviously, in their statement, Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, said this, the mental and physical health and welfare of our student athletes has been at the center of every decision we have made regarding the ability to proceed forward. As time progressed and after hours of discussion with our Big Ten Task Force for Emerging Infectious Diseases and the Big Ten Sports Medicine Committee, it became abundantly clear there was too much uncertainty regarding potential medical risks to allow our student athletes to compete this fall. That was Kevin Warren's statement. However, the point I'm getting to here is we are really concerned about the health and safety of our student athletes, and that should be first and foremost and paramount. But what this has showed, this COVID-19 pandemic, if you didn't already realize it, is that the system is broken, both in college education, in terms of what that revenue goes to, and especially in collegiate athletics. Because at the end of the day, instead of working with the players and working to say, hey, we're maybe going to pay you for coming out here and risking your health, that and the idea of amateurism 
was upheld. And what we have now is no college football because the idea of amateurism for the NCAA and for the Big Ten was really the bigger conversation than it was for the possibility of having football during this COVID-19 health pandemic. So about the we want to play movement, which has yeah. been, for those that don't know, it's been the calling card of players around the country. Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson star, QB, Justin Fields. It's been all the top stars in the country coming together and saying, we want to play. Here is how we want to play. Now, I don't, I don't know about the players would be safer thing. I, I actually don't. I have some huge problems with that. Right. I, I don't. I, I, and that's fair, I, too. And break that down. What I do know is that in the We Want to Play movement, in their charter that Trevor Lawrence released, the hashtag We Are United, which was the safety movement in college football to try to get safe working conditions, and the We Want to Play movement, in that charter that he released with the six bullet points about what they are calling for, one of those bullet points that I found by far the most interesting was, and I quote, use our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials, ultimately create a college football players association yep. representative of the players of all power five conferences a college football players association which would in in that essence take the model of what started in professional baseball in the 1960s uh with a uh, essentially a guy that came in as an economist marvin miller economist and labor lawyer who then came in and changed sports forever uh and argued for the best deal in the history of sports that then changed baseball, changed the way the players were paid then, changed their working conditions, uh, created a union, and created right. unions for all sports thereafter. It was a domino effect. We love the word domino effect nowadays. So that was a big domino effect of unions when baseball started in the 60s. If college football could do that, I mean, man, a lot could change. That, that to me is probably the most interesting story right now in terms of going forward in the future. I think that obviously we can talk about spring football. Is it, is it viable or not? I think I'm going to wait a little bit on that and just, just see if they even want to go forward and try to do it before I start talking about it. Right. Uh, but the most interesting story to me right now is can the players establish that college football players association? If it can't be in the same model as a union in baseball or the players union in basketball, can it be in a model that at least gives them a say in their futures and in their workplace? Because it's a billion-dollar industry, $878 million is the NCAA revenue last year. NCAA revenue. That's not all school. That's the NCAA's revenue last year. Mm -hmm. And players had no say. Players got no money. Players had no say over their name and likeness. Trevor Lawrence couldn't sell a Trevor Lawrence shirt. That was Barstool's job that made all the money off of his own merchandise without having to pay him and whatnot. Companies like that that just kind of take advantage and whatnot and will make shirts after everything that happens. And you know, they can get away with it because they like don't put Clemson on there. They don't put all the official NCA licensing on there and whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if at the very least, at the very least, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow last year, for example, could have had his monster year that he had and then went and made a lot of money from it. That wasn't just NFL money, but actually made money in that year in college to help support his family. How many stories are there of guys that were superstars and just didn't make it at the next level and right. could have really benefited on their stardom when they had it because right now it, it's a huge gamble and speaking of spring football the one thing I will say about it which kind of relates actually back to this point of getting injured and you know not knowing you're going to be successful at the NFL level and whatnot my friend Alex Simpson who played division one football at Nevada and now is a rivals analyst for USC football mm -hmm. he told me something like four months ago like it was a while ago 
when I wasn't even thinking about it, about spring football, and it makes a lot of sense to me. He said to me, Asher, like, I, I played this game at a Division One level. Right. There's no way I could have played 22 games in that amount of time if you were to have spring and fall back to back. There's no way I could have played spring and then prepared for an NFL training camp in the way I wanted to. There's no way I could play spring and then go right into an NFL camp if I was drafted a few months later. Right. There's just no way my body can take that. I would get injured. I wouldn't be able to, to recover in time. That's why the season is short. That's why the season is spread out. That's why you play one game a week. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on there. There's going to be a lot of hiccups as they look to spring football. One thing I will say about that, I'm not even worried about spring football. Let's focus on basketball for the winter. And if we need to start doing this right now, we need to start putting in the health and safety protocols and have a plan in place today pretty much to get ready for the potential of what the winter can be. Let's not learn from our time in football when we pretty much procrastinated for five freaking months when we had this and we knew about this in March. And yes, it was an inenviable position for these athletic directors and the power brokers in college football to be in, having to deal with these unprecedented, crazy times. They never had a playbook for this. They never wanted this to happen. They frankly didn't think we would be here, but there needs to be safety protocols in place immediately if we have any hope of playing a college basketball season you look at something like the nba and the bubble has worked tremendously and yes that is a different environment than what we can bring to collegiate athletics but the nba put in their health and safety protocols for the bubble for the testing they would do for covid down there how things would be regulated inside the bubble at the end of may a full pretty much two months before they even flew to orlando they had things planned out and i think that's a big portion of why it has worked out as seamlessly as it has. So if we want to focus on spring football, great. I think there's a lot that complicates that in terms of the NFL, how long we'd push back the combine, how long we would push back the draft, if they could then turn around and play fall in 2021. But I think the focus has to be at the collegiate level about men's basketball because we cannot lose another NCAA March Madness. That is for sure. Ben, I want to quickly comment and then throw a question to you that I've been struggling with and that I've heard different perspectives on from people I trust. Yeah. So – my first comment on basketball is that, yeah, I think that, well, Adam Silver, for the, first of all, is the reason the NBA is doing so well. They have the best commissioner in the history of sports, uh, not alone in sports right now. I think he's the best commissioner in the history of sports. I think he'll go down as that in his legacy. Certainly. He's an amazing leader for that, for that uh, organization, for that business. And that's what it is. It's a business. And he does a fantastic job at, you know, leading them to a successful season, leading them to the bubble, and they're going to crown a champion. And it's pretty awesome. Now, as far as men's basketball goes, women's basketball goes in the late fall, I think that obviously the teams are smaller. So that, that's like a huge one right there, right, where it seems a lot easier. But I'm letting people know right now, and this is one of the arguments I hear from the, uh, from the camp that, that says, which is a huge camp of a bunch of really prominent people that say, listen, players would be safer with us on this team playing games than they would be not playing games, not having this protection whatnot. One thing that they're very right about is that a player – going out into the college campus world, right? Right. Is, that's probably the most unsafe place you can possibly be in a few months. Yeah. It's going to be a disaster, Ben. I'm letting you know right now it's going to be a total disaster, whether they cancel in-person class right away or not, which they'll cancel it pretty soon after it starts, in my opinion. Uh, and it's already, like I said, a lot is mostly canceled in Big Ten schools. But listen, we're going to do what we want. Students are going to do what we want. It's not right. It shouldn't happen. But I'm letting you know that all my friends will be seniors right now. I graduated. Uh, a year early before them, but I would have been a senior this year had I been going back to Madison and been a student. All my friends are seniors right now. I'm letting you know right now, Ben, the second bars open up, a lot of them are going. I'm just, it's going to happen. Right. There's, there's no, no mindset that will change that. Nothing's going to change that. There's going to be lines. 
No, no, no amount of public pressure, social media, nothing's going to change that. The second things open up, people will be there. Before they open up, people will be there. The yep. second people get back to campus, frat row on Langdon Street at Wisconsin will be having events. Will it be the exact same as it was? No. But will there still be a bunch of dangerous events going on every single night that there's parties? Yeah. There's going to be a bunch of dangerous stuff going on. There's going to be huge outbreaks. I, I don't see any way around that. Now, will that actually be super, super dangerous? Hopefully not, right? Like, I really hope that the numbers stay true and that there's not a lot of long-term effects for this for young people and that young people keep, you know, surviving this at extraordinarily high rates. I really hope that's true. But Madison's a community that mixes, too. There's a lot of – you're always around people that live in the community. You're not, it's not a, this bubble college town. Like, right. So that I'm worried about, too. Now, getting off that rant, the question I was going to ask you is, do you think the, the college football, the NCAA, the sport in general – needs a centralizing presence, singular leader, commissioner type figure. Absolutely. What does Mark Emmer get paid for? Except to divvy out and, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Delegate. That's the word I'm looking for. What does he get paid for? He has not given anything but a simple guideline on what to do for self health and safety protocols and has left it all up to conferences and then specifically even institutions. He even intimated that this would come down to singular institutions. And it might because we're talking about the Big Ten Conference postponing the fall football season. And we have heard from places like Nebraska and maybe Ohio State and maybe Penn State, although I think they're more veiled threats to try to put pressure on the president's for today's vote. And there's a lot of logistics and legalities that go into conference contracts. So you can't just be jumping back and forth from where you want to go if you're playing football. But it is an individual institution thing that, truthfully, Nebraska could be different than what Rutgers could do. And they're in the same freaking conference. So we need some kind of individual leadership. The reason we just highlighted Adam Silver and even the NHL and whatever pro league you want to point to is they have a singular league office headed by a commissioner that makes regulations and mandates and then puts it out to the rest of the league to follow, not guidelines that we hope you guys abide by. There needs to be singular leadership. The NCAA, what are they getting paid for right now? Truly, this has shown, if you didn't already know, that the system is broken. Because, like I said earlier, you cannot march out 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who are not getting paid in return for their labor and call them amateurs and say, go risk your health and possible health down the line for 10 to 20 years so we can generate revenue off of your talents. That is pretty much what the conversation is in the bigger picture at the end of the day that has been highlighted by this COVID-19 pandemic. And really, that has shown that this system has been flipped on its head. And that, to me, is the underlying issues of what we are facing here in the present time. There needs to be some central leadership. The NCAA has shown they do not control college football. They never really have. The FBS is its own entity. But there needs to be some structure because this has been the craziest week because of the fact there is no singular entity that controls or makes any rules. Two optimism bombs. I've been throwing them out on Twitter. I got two optimism bombs for you right now. The number one optimism bomb I got for all the listeners right now is this. I'm a political science major, and we have a political science positive here okay. in this situation. We all, everyone, like everyone I've talked to, no matter what you really think, we have a common enemy. The NCAA is the common enemy. There's nobody that is on the side of the NCAA right now that I've, I've talked to in media, that right. I've talked to in terms of the athletes, in terms of the coaches, in terms of the presidents. There's nobody right now that is really on the side of the NCAA, which in most historical situations politically means that the NCAA is coming down. Right? Yep. It's coming down. 
now that probably leaves a vacuum. I'm really using a lot of political, just complete analogy shit. That leaves a vacuum of power, right? So who's going to fill that vacuum? That's where it'll get complicated. But I, I really think, I like one, almost 100% think this is the end of the NCAA as we know it. And that is a huge positive in this total mess because everyone is against them as they rightfully should be. The second one for you is I legitimately think basketball has a chance. I'm not going to fully like break it down and get into it. Right. But I do think there is a fighting chance. I don't think it's just totally this decision today cancels basketball. I think it, it, it's, it's not a good thing, but let's not give up hope just yet on that. Right. I mean, let's end it there, you know, because I think we can rant and we can group cry pretty much for as long as we can, but let's end on a little bit of hope for what the future might be for some other collegiate athletics. Again, the sentiment for me, Asher Lowe, is the fact that I am just sad. And as I joked about, but really will be the case, I will go through the five stages of grief and I will feel anger and I will feel depression and then I will feel sadness. I don't even know what the other ones are. Then there will be bargaining and then maybe I will get to acceptance. I don't know how I'll get to acceptance because that's going to be very, very tough. I'm not exactly sure what the future holds for myself, for what this means for the Locked On Big Ten show. I don't really know. So right now there's a lot of uncertainty for me as well. Do I agree with the call? I think at the end of the day, the student athletes need to be put first and foremost. And you've been hearing this term a lot, myocarditis, the idea that the inflamed muscles around the heart is a huge factor of COVID-19. And apparently the studies that are coming out around that have spooked a lot of the athletic directors and Big Ten presidents and conference commissioners across the country that this could be bigger than just this year. And when it comes down to it, even if you go out and the players say, we want to play and we want to do it, they always extend it with a caveat. Scott Frost said the same thing. Adrian Martinez said the same thing yesterday for Nebraska. We're not medical experts. We are not doctors. So yes, you trust they want to play and they, they think they are going by and doing the best they can, but they're not doctors and we don't know the long-term ramifications. There's so much uncertainty around this right now. So from that perspective, I guess I agree with the Big Ten, but it doesn't mean that I am not sad. So that's really it. I don't really know how to end a rapid reaction podcast, Asher. How do when, I? When the thing that you love the most in the world is taken from you, what Literally. do you do? Literally. I, I'm also just sad. It's how I open. It's how I'll close as well with that word. Just, just sad. Oh, and the more oh. I think about it. Sorry. What do we got? Breaking news to end our breaking oh. news instant reaction. Yeah. The Pac-12 has followed suit with the Big Ten. They have also postponed their fall football season. So I guess – now the ball is in the SEC and the fun belts court. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be fun to just see a fun belt season? That'd be great, Ben. Anyway, okay, that, that's a total joke, by the way. Uh, back to what I was talking about. The more I think about this in my head, the more the, the wheels start turning, the more people I think of that are just affected by this, right? Yeah. I start with the athletes, of course. I start with the coaches. I start with us, like just media members, right? Right. I start with fans. I start with students at the school. And there's so many more than that. that that's what I opened with. But the businesses around Madison. For sure. I, I mean, what are you going to do? And I don't trust, I just don't trust, and this is basically what we're all saying the government, I don't trust the federal government to actually help, help them, and it's very possible to help them and keep them alive, but I don't trust it's going to happen. Right. That's not where the money's going. That's not where the money will go uh, with the man that is in office. It's probably the most political I've ever gotten on, on a Lockdown Badgers or a Lockdown Mid-10 show. It ain't going to happen. And so I'm really worried for, for businesses. I'm worried for people that make their living off of college sports, that work the games, that uh, work the custodial staff, the food staff, people that at, are at Wisconsin that need this money to go to school yep. and tuition has not been docked. It's a lot of student jobs that revolve around this. My student job revolved around this. I got paid. It's one of the ways I help pay for school. There are so many student jobs that are gone. Yep. I just, 
the more – see, I could keep going all day. It's just there's so many layers to it, and I'm just sad, man. Right. I mean, listen, this is going to be devastating for years and years to come when it comes to college football. There's no doubt about it. The effects of this will not just be felt in 2020, but for years and years to come. The smaller people that make up athletic staffs, that make up the communications department, that gives us the press releases, everything. A lot of these lower-level budgets are going to be taken away and zapped and it's devastating, and it's sad. We tried to end on happiness. You know, it's hard to find happiness right now. We'll just be we honest. We all have a common enemy. We all have a common enemy. There we go. Listen, there will, here's my promise to you, and the final thing I will say, Asher Lowe, of the Locked On Badgers podcast, wherever you've been listening to it, whether it's on the Locked On Big Ten feed or the Locked On Badgers feed, there will never be a Locked On NCAA show that I am a part of. There we go. Same. I'm out. You can put that in writing. <laughs>